You are listening to the Give Me Five podcast, episode number 65. This is the Give Me Five podcast, a semi-entertaining show about very entertaining things. My name is Jimmy, and I'm here with Rob. Yeah, I think Jimmy is a little crampist tonight. <laughs> and if I have to see another terrible Krampus film, I'm going to murder Greg with a sharpened candy cane. I'm so, so you sorry. really should be, because you planted that seed, and then I couldn't. Get away from I it. thought it would be fun, and then we finished recording last week, and then I was like, okay, I'm going to watch it, one of these other Krampus movies, and I hit play, and I got just about five minutes in to the, the Gold Rush Hillbillies, and I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I have made a grave mistake. Egregious, even. On the Give Me Five podcast, we discuss pop culture, entertainment, and a little bit of nostalgia and how much I hate Greg for what he's done to my life. Uh, this week, we've got Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse and Christmas Horror. As much as we could possibly fit into our brains. I'm all crampused out, man. <laughs> so, guys, this is a review show. There will probably be spoilers, but... Let's face it, if you don't know that by now, you're not really listening to the show anyway. And who cares, because you're not going to watch these movies. Yeah, well, no, they might watch Spider-Man Into oh, the Spider-Verse. Okay, yeah, true. Yeah, they'll um, probably watch that one. If after we're done talking about the Krampus, all of the Krampus films, they want to watch any of them, that's their own problem. Yeah, that's you only have yourself to blame. But if we start talking about something you haven't seen, such as Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, uh, you might want to pause it, come back later, or... Proceed at your own discretion. And, of course, after you watch all the Krampus movies that we talk about, you want to still yell at us, even though we warned you, and that was your last warning, but you They're can bad. always contact us on Facebook by searching for the Give Me Five podcast. You can go to Give Me Five Pod on Twitter, Twitter and Instagram. Twinter. <laughs> Twinter. You can email us. At Somebody's email got the us. holiday spirit. Yes. You can email us. Give me five podcast at gmail.com. And if you want to help us a whole bunch and not spend any money doing so, you can leave us a review on iTunes or whatever podcast app you are using. Preferably before you watch any of those Krampus movies. Yeah, yeah. And we do have a store. There's a bunch of cool stuff on it for so various upset. holiday shopping. <laughs> Give me 5 podcastthreadlistcom is the store. And thank you guys for buying some stuff on there. And as well, if you also want to help us out and spend money that you are going to spend already... There's an Amazon link on our Libsyn page, and I think you can get this just by Googling Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N, and give me five podcasts kind of in the same Google thing. I should probably put that up in there somewhere. I However, think it's like the first thing that pops up. Yeah, if you type give me five podcasts into Google, it'll be the first thing that pops up. But you mm -hmm. can also check out our um, our Facebook page at any time. It'll have our Amazon link. Either way, you buy whatever you're going to buy, and you know, it could be a terrible Krampus movie, for example. Uh, mm. Or a candy cane and a knife sharpener. And yep. the pencil or a candy cane sharpener. Uh, a little bit of money from Amazon will come to us yeah. instead of going to Amazon. And it'll help keep the lights on. Put the end of that candy cane into a pencil sharpener and it's going to get right on the side of your head. Wow. So what's new, guys? I got a, I got a few things. Okay. One thing not on the list here. I just got back from a 
lovely little concert. My five-year-old singing at his uh, his elementary school. It was the aftercare Christmas Aww. concert. So they've been practicing and doing all sorts of stuff. They did a lovely rousing rendition of uh, uh, Frosty the Snowman and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Uh, and Very it was, nice. For, for, it was pretty good for, you know, a bunch of you know, aftercare kids, you know, one, tired from a day of school, practicing. Uh, they sang the songs relatively correctly, and my child didn't fall off the back of the little bleacher things that they stand on, which is a, <laughs> which, which is a win. Um, it's a you know, very what, real fear in your household. Yeah. I mean, I would have been significantly happier if, like, you know, Mrs. Smith's fourth grade class was, like, replaced with Sepultura or Entombed or something. But, you know, for the most part, it was pretty fun. I enjoyed it. Awesome. Um, so that that was one of the things. And then I, I did see a, a news story that I figured would be perfect for here. There's there's a war about Christmas dragons going on. Uh, Christmas think, dragons? Yeah, I think it's in Louisiana. Christmas dagrons! Dagron! So... A woman named Diana Rowland put up a Christmas dragon display in her yard and got a note. So just inflatable dragons, you know, nothing, nothing crazy, more cute than anything else. Not that they make scary inflatable dragons, but anyway, so she got a note on her door. Uh, Your dragon display is only marginally acceptable at Halloween. It is totally inappropriate at Christmas. It makes your neighbors wonder if you are involved in a demonic cult. Please consider removing the dragons. May God bless you and consider removing the dragons. So, Piss off. Yeah, so yeah. Diana Rowland, uh, at Diana Rowland on Twitter, uh, decided to, of course, add more dragons. Hell yeah! So her, <laughs> her house has a, a very yeah. large amount of inflatable dragons. And then she <laughs> put this great. up on Twitter. Of course it blew up because it's effing ridiculous. And people started offering to donate money so she could buy more dragons. However, <laughs> she did turn them down. She said, I'm fine. You know, She's a retired police officer. Uh, she's like, I'm fine. Why don't you donate the money to charity? So now she is posting. She has turned this into a good thing, and she's posting money like when people are donating money to like charities for like you know, various animal charities and stuff like that. So various people attacked by dragons. Yeah, charities that are trying to preserve the dragons. <laughs> that, that was my ridiculous news story that I found, and I thought that it was uh, worth sharing here on the the old podcast. That is fantastic. Yeah, that's that's really great. I love that. I one, I love that she basically told them to go f themselves by putting up more dragons, and two, I loved that she took that she told people to donate money to charity as opposed to sending her money to piss off the people in her neighborhood. Yeah, I like so, when you Google her name. That the first it, if you type in Diana Rowland before you even get done, it just says Diana Rowland Dragon. <laughs> nice, that's, that's great. Awesome. It's it's the perfect display too. Now there's like the dragons are just lining her entire front yard. That is fantastic. It's so funny. And you know, um, it was some I, uptight holy roller that had a problem with it. Oh, yeah. In, yeah. in Louisiana, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Always. Uh, I got something. Uh, something that kind of slid under our radar a little bit. Uh, Adult Swim put out an album, a compilation called what? Fever Dreams. Yeah. Greg, have you heard of this? I posted it on our Facebook page, actually. Oh, Okay. Uh, 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 yeah, Saturday when I was waiting in line at, uh, City Walk, I, or not City Walk, um, Islands of Adventure, Friday. I saw that ad. No, it, it was on Saturday when I was in Islands of Adventure. Oh, okay. I saw it and I was like, ooh, so I posted it up on the Facebook page. It's there, so you can stream it from there. Yeah, have you listened to it? Yeah, it's pretty good. There's some gunship on there. Super good. There's, uh. Yeah, there's, uh, like a, uh. Does it have the Night Begins gunship. to Shine? 
No, it's, no. it's all original, oh. like, all of the synthwave people. You know, the all the people we heard about before anybody else. Uh, you've got Gunship, Laserhawk is on there, uh, Dance with the Dead, Calm Trues. I love the um, the Laserhawk track features Joey Division. <laughs> He's one of the Silverhawks, isn't he? No, it's a playoff of a band called Joy Division. Real band. Whom? Joy Division. Yeah. Well, actually, I'm guessing I'm they a, both are. a huge fan of Joy Division. And, um, yeah, you can check it out on our Facebook page. It's it's really great. Um, a lot of good acts on there. Uh, I'd hope to see more of these things. Really cool. Sweet. Um, I also have something. I don't know if I should put it in here or if we should save it for a topic at some point. But I, I went okay. and saw Mortal Engines today. Um. You were and the one. I, I was the one. And, you were the one person. And it, it got panned, and I honestly don't know why. I I actually enjoyed it. I, I liked it. I mean, it wasn't the best movie of the year, but, I mean, it, I certainly didn't think it deserved the the 27%, I guess, that it's gotten on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Yikes. Which means, that only, which means that only 27% of the critics actually liked it over 50% oh. more. Oh, well, so if it's just critic ratings, then that means it's got to be a fantastic movie. I always usually think the exact opposite of the critics. So that means it's awesome. You should go see it. <laughs> but, from what I mean, I've read, was, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to look and see what the audience reviews are on this one. I, I saw it in IMAX. Um, it was visually stunning. I didn't think the story was bad at all. Um and when I think of young adult, I mean, I know it's gotten uh, some some criticism for being too young adulty, but when I think young adult, I think the like audience Twilight, score was pretty I, bad too. I when I think Twilight, I think Divergent, I think stuff like that. As far as young adult, this was not that. I mean, this was more of an action type movie. Um, I thought it was great. I enjoyed it. Some really beautiful battle sequences, nice special effects, a story that moved along. Yeah, it was good. From a visionary director of the movies Bad Taste and Dead Alive. Oh, my God. And Lord of the Rings, whatever. Nobody cares about that movie. Peter Jackson. But on an upside, well, I mean, there it's it's just another upside because I like the movie. But in front of that movie, there was another trailer that I am, or two actually, that I'm just so jazzed. Um and one of them probably will be will be absolutely panned because like we've been talking about the the young adult genre is just getting absolutely demolished recently they're doing absolutely terrible but every time i see a trailer for this movie i'm more excited about it and that's uh, alita battle angel yeah and i i the first trailer i saw i was like man this looks like garbage but as i've seen more trailers and you know, tonight being the, you know, seeing the latest one, I'm, I'm with you there. I'm just wondering if the movie is going to have to be like four to six hours long because there is <laughs> so much stuff in that friggin' trailer that I'm yeah. like, how are they going to have time for all of this shit in the movie? <laughs> well, one, uh, leaded battle angel, not, you mentioned, you said it was young adult. It's more just sci-fi. It's not young adult. Uh, it oh, is okay. a PG theater. It is a PG 13 movie, but when people were like, well, this is from an anime that was very violent. They basically said, look, it's everyone is cyborgs. You can get away with anything. You can rip someone's head off and it's not a big deal, which is right. you know, part of the reason why some cartoons, you know, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles use robots, robot mouse things. Gotcha. Mousers. Yeah. Mousers. <clears throat> I know Mousers. Come on, man. 
Come on, man. I, was, I know they're called mousers. I was doing it for the audience, just in case they didn't know. They I should have know 3D that. modeled a mouser. So have I. Sweet. We should 3D print them. Speaking of trailers, we've got a uh, like an actual trailer for the new David Harbour movie, Chief Hopper from Stranger Things, uh, David Harbour, Hellboy. <laughs> you you double David Harbour. I, I did. I, I, <laughs> That's okay. He's awesome. There's, it's, there's enough David Harbour for all of us to go around now. Yep. It uh, looked really good. It does. I mean, I love the originals. Uh, I, Rob's making a noise. Well, no, 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 I I liked what I saw in the trailer, except for one thing. What's that? He I didn't, didn't have no shirt off long enough. I didn't, I didn't like the way that Hellboy looked. I didn't like like the the face modeling that they did for him. Okay, because they it's... they altered his face obviously for the for the character. You know, they it looks mm-hmm. like they elongated it and they gave him like very severe cheekbones. Um, I, I much preferred the, the Ron Perlman. Yeah. I much preferred the, yeah. the way that they did the face for Ron Perlman than, than for well, the, the thing about how they did Ron Perlman's face was that was Ron Perlman's face. Yeah. He's they got a very distinct, distinct look. Yeah, he does. And he's talked about that before and, and how, how much of an issue that was for him. Um, I, I can't help as well, but to draw comparisons and, you know, I, I thought Ron Perlman played the role great. I love Ron Perlman. Um, but I think, I think David Harbour's Hellboy looks pretty good. Although all you listeners out there, you're probably near a phone. If you're not driving, look up a Ron Perlman cat and your life will be better off. There's a cat out there that looks exactly like Ron Perlman. (laughs) I haven't seen that. (laughs) <laughs> and it's not so much that the cat looks exactly like Ron Perlman. It's just people keep on emailing it to him so much that he actually has to send out Twitter reports saying, please, I know I look like this cat. Please stop sending it to me. Um, wow. Let's take a look at that real quick. But <laughs> the only problem I had with it was um, I, I felt like his speech was, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That oh that cat. Um yeah. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I, I felt like his speech was a little impaired by the prosthetics. Like yeah, kind of a little like it, it just it didn't it, it it sounded constricted. Um Otherwise, we can tell how fast people could find the picture of the Ron Perlman cat by the, them <laughs> laughing as they're talking about something completely, well, semi-related. Yeah. Did you look it up, Rob? <laughs> wow. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, I you're think... You're welcome, that, listeners. Yeah, you're very welcome. Uh, I think the casting looks really good. I think it looks... Uh, when Hellboy comes out of the like pit with the fire sword and the full horns, the, that was the shot that I like. Fire and Halo, the, that big tall thing that smacks him like a like a golf ball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Hellboy's a, a sarcastic ass, and uh, you know, I, I I can't wait to see it. I think it looks really good. What are you guys saying? Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. I I'm in. Uh, cool. Like I said, I mean, it, it was just a, a, a minor thing that I, I was just like, ah, I don't really like the facial yeah, design. But... I get that. I like the uh, the Satan movies. You know, I'm always a big fan of the, whether it be an action kind of hell movie or a scary hell movie or a 
dramatic type movie, so I'm in. And also, there's a new trailer for Aquaman, which I, I'm I'm hopeful we'll see whether or not DC f's it up again. Yeah, we'll uh, that'll be uh, covered our next episode after we've uh, I believe it'll be mm-hmm. we'll have seen it by then. Hopefully, um, so. I actually, probably won't have. Actually, no. That's that's like our next. We record the day after Christmas, so I don't know that I'll have seen it by then. Well, I'm a heathen, so I will. Or maybe well, I'll go see it by myself on Christmas. How about that? Oh, what's up? You should wear a trench coat when you do that. <laughs> and bring some sort of, like, takeout food. What are you I'm implying? Coming, I'm coming to your house, Greg, in my trench coat, and we're going to go to the theater by you. Mm. Yay. And I'm, and I'm also going to bring Willow, Home Alone, and A Christmas Story. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on. Hang oh, on. actually, this is weird. This is a big aside, but it's strange. I saw that Home Alone got taped on my DVR. <gasps> so tonight huh? at, at the thing, I asked my wife, I was like, did you tape Home Alone? Because, you know, of course she listens. And she's like, she looked at me weird. And she's like, huh? I'm like, Home Alone was taped on our DVR. I know I didn't do it. Hmm? So for, And she she didn't either. So I actually have it taped on my DVR, but I did not do that. So either my kids sat down on the remote or the French Bulldog sat down on the remote and recorded it, <laughs> or the people at DirecTV are listening to the podcast. And said, you have and, to watch this movie. Uh, in that case, a uh, big shout out, DirecTV. Uh, looking forward to your sponsorship in the future. Uh, make all checks payable to give me 5 podcast at gmail.com. Thank you. Yes, Sweet. So uh, we, we got some topics here to talk about. Should we uh, move on to those? So I think we'll start with our first topic for the evening. And Greg and I both had an opportunity to go check out Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Now, this is a movie by Chris Lloyd and Phil Miller. Uh, stars Shumi- Known for. What's that? The, Chris Lloyd and Phil Miller. They they did the Lego movie. Okay. That I, I didn't know. Yeah, and they were supposed to do another movie and then got fired halfway through. And you can read the cast and I will figure that out. Okay. <laughs> but it does star uh, Shamik Moore, Jake Johnson... Haley Steinfeld, Lily Tomlin, Zoe Kravitz, Maharshala Ali. Yeah. Oh, it uh, was it was Solo. They were supposed to do Solo. That's why they had to uh, do reshoots. Gotcha. Maharshala Ali. Yeah. Okay. So basically, uh, th- this this story circles around the Spider-Man who's who is Miles Morales, and he's bitten by a radioactive spider in the subway uh, as a Brooklyn teenager. He gets these, you know, Spider-Man powers, transform him into the one and only Spider-Man. And he actually ends up meeting Peter Parker. And then he, then he comes. Here's a, here's a spoiler. I was going to push this later. Oh, okay. But so here's your big spoiler on the movie. Cause there was a big twist at the beginning of the movie. Okay. That, well, go ahead, Rob, you can, you can describe it and I'll explain why to me it was, I was surprised. Okay. So he meets Peter Parker, and he's and he soon realizes that there are many others who share his his special abilities. Now he's got to use his newfound skills to battle the evil Kingpin, who uh, wasn't really a fan of his character design. But we can talk about that in a little bit. Uh, but he's a whole boxy. What's that? Very boxy. Yeah, and and it, it was the design where the head is like set in the middle of the chest. Yeah. And I, I I don't really like that design. It, it to like me his that, lats are bigger than his head. Yeah, to me that signifies being like super slow and kind of waddly. I mean, he almost looked more fat than bulky. You know what I mean? Like an Uncle Fester. 
Yeah, yeah, like an yes. Uncle Fester kind of thing. Like those robots from the Fifth Element, if I remember correctly, the ones that like get off the big ship at the end. Look, we're spoiling all sorts of movies. Yeah, oh my god. Multipas. A hulking madman who opens portals to other universes to pull different versions of Spider-Man into our world. Actually, he, he doesn't do it to pull Spider-Man into our world. He hmm. he is looking for something specific. Yes. So, going to this movie, for, there's a few things. Let me. So, I brought my five-year-old. Uh, I figured it was going... I, I figured there'd be some fighting, but there's a few things that happened. First of all, I saw it on a Sunday. And, Rob, what were your trailers? When you saw that movie. Honestly, I don't remember. Okay. I remember them very specifically because every single trailer for that movie, mm-hmm. for, at the front of that movie, was religious garbage. Oh, really? Really? It was all, every single one of them was about like, you know, so-and-so didn't die because they believed in God, or so-and-so became a good football player because they believed in God, and blah, 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 oh. blah, blah, like everyone. I certainly so either, did not get those. I don't remember that at all. And there, uh, there was one trailer involving a dog that ran away from a kid, which made me cry. Oh, but, yeah, I, I think I may have seen that one. But I thought it was really weird. I'm assuming that because I saw it Sunday, like, around noon or something, maybe I think they do a church in my, my movie theater, like, early Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. And maybe they had them there, and they just never changed them or something. I don't know exactly yeah, how it works. Yeah, they updated the trailer, the trailer loop. But... The because it was a religious thing, there was certain aspects of those trailers that my kid actually was like looking at me like, huh? Like he's dead, but he's not dead anymore uh, because oh. people prayed for him. And I'm like, I, don't know, I thought talk. it was weird. Yeah, I thought it was weird. Like, yes, he's a zombie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, let's watch all of The Walking Dead and then we'll talk. So that was one thing. And then you mentioned the other thing. My kid was able to handle something, but the big spoiler here is the Spider-Man that we meet at Whoa, the beginning play the of the alarm. movie. Yeah, the, uh, uh, is, we'll use this. Hey, yeah. Uh, we want the I love you one? Let's find that. Here we go. Okay, the spoiler bar, the spoiler I love you. So the Spider-Man that we think we're going to have in the movie actually dies, like, very early. What? The, mm-hmm. um, the Kingpin smushes him, basically, and... The Spider-Man, Miles Morales, sees it and basically has to kind of take up the mantle in not so many words. But they do that thing, and then, of course, they immediately cut to the like the funeral where you see the like close-up of the casket being lowered and people crying and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Which also led to some conversations with my, my son where he was like, I think Spider-Man's dead. It's like, Daddy, why did you yeah. take me to this? And I was like, uh, no, he's just sleeping. Sleeping. Like, yeah. <laughs> In that box that they're in, lowering slowly in the into the ground while all of his friends and family cry. Yeah, that's it. Anyway, let's go back to the movie. Let's, you know, there's, look, there's a funny pig. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that was a little bit of a, a thing. It was, it was tastefully done and off camera. And then we very quickly do meet another Spider-Man. But there is quite a bit of conversation about, you know, people missing Spider-Man. And, you know, he's finally, he's gone and news reports and stuff like that. So that's... It was a little bit of a surprise also because I forgot that in the, uh, what was the, the other universe, the other Marvel universe, uh, Marvel, not unlimited, ultimate, the ultimate Spider-Man universe that Spider-Man did die to make way for Miles Morales. So that is from the comic. So -hmm. it's not that much of a surprise and it happens early in the movie, but was it Peter Parker that died? Yes, but it's just a different version of him. Okay. However, at that point he is the most like the version that we know. So to everyone just seeing the movie, they're like, oh, okay, that's Peter Parker. 
so that when the one that we kind of know shows up, he's actually a little older than we're used to, and he's broken up with Mary Jane, and he's kind of got a, a pooch belly, and he's, mm-hmm. like, depressed, and there's a lot of jokes about it and stuff like that. But broke hobo Spider-Man. Yeah, but that is actually the one from that we are aware of through reading Marvel comics, as long as you don't mm-hmm. only read the, the ultimate stuff. So those are my two big kind of starting points of this movie. So mm-hmm. continue, Rob. Um, well, I mean, that was pretty much the movie um, in a nutshell. Um, mm. it, it it actually, it, well, I, I don't even know anymore. Is 35 million opening considered good? For an animated, uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Because I know that a lot of movies pull like 100 million openings, but um, all right. So I guess it did well for an animated movie. Mm. Um and when I first read your notes here, I totally thought that said very weird talkers. No, no, very weird, weird trailers. Yeah, weird. I, th- I, I thought you were sitting next to like some people who were saying just weird stuff. <laughs> I, w- I was, but it was my son. Ah, gotcha. So I I liked the movie, but there was there was a couple of things that I had issue with. I, I talked about it with you, Greg, but I'll go over it here. We both kind of said the same thing almost at the same time because we were having this conversation via text. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I liked the movie. There were a couple of things I didn't really like. I didn't, like I said, I didn't like the, the character design of the Kingpin. I thought it made him look less strong and more kind of like bodily, like an uncle fester kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like, like we had said, he had that big, like arching back and almost like a, um, like an upside down teardrop kind of shape. And his arms went out to the side and his head was set kind of in the middle of his chest. Um, and it just didn't, it just didn't look right to me. But I actually the, thought that he was a weird choice for a villain because of the fact that he is not really known for science type crime. Mm-hmm. And a lot of what he was doing was science based. Now I understand why they did it based on the plot. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand, but up until that point, I was like, well, that's kind of a weird thing. Cause he was like, meandering around in a lab telling people what to do about opening up quantum portals and all this stuff. Right. Right. When usually he's just a mob boss. Yeah. But my biggest problem with the movie, and I, I gotta believe that it was completely intentional, but it drove me absolutely insane. Um, was the animation style. And it's not to say that I didn't like the way that the characters were drawn or animated, but they had this weird effect in the animation style that made it look like I was wa- at at certain points. It made it look like I was watching a 3D movie without 3D glasses, which was what we both said at the same time. Yeah, and it it dro- <laughs> it literally drove me insane. I was like, wh-? and I turned I turned to the person I because I, I went and saw it with uh, with my neighbor Jimmy, and I was like, was this not supposed me. to be? No, 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 not you. The clone I, of I, you. And I actually Rob asked made. him, I was like, was this supposed to be 3D? And he's like, I don't think so. And and like probably three minutes after I said that, the guy in the row behind us goes, God, this this looks like it's supposed to be a 3D movie. So I wasn't the only one who was thinking it. But it, it drove me crazy throughout the movie. It, it points, you know, it gives you a headache. I'm like, what am I, what is this? Why are you doing something stupid like this intentionally? Well, let's, uh, I'll, I'll take a look at it because i looked at a bunch of the technical stuff Mm -hmm. on this i did feel the same thing at first and i was already in the thought that i was in the wrong movie because of the trailers Mm -hmm. like when those trailers were playing i actually asked people next to me i'm like what movie you're here for because it didn't seem to because they were not kid movie trailers right and again not spider-man people's fault it was the theater's fault 
Right. But so when I was when I first saw that it was a little blurry, what it turns out that they were doing most of the time, what they did was they were trying to get it to look as much like a comic strip on newsprint as possible. So a living comic book. Mm-hmm. So in some cases, when there were certain scenes, what they would do is run halftone on it, which is those little dots that make mm-hmm. up print. And also they would offset the color. So it gave it a little bit of a blurry appearance as if it was printed on newsprint and kind of faded into the paper fibers. Mm-hmm. However, it was just not, if you weren't thinking about that, it did look like you were supposed to be seeing it, a 3D movie. It didn't work, and I absolutely hated it. And See, I, I actually liked it after I kind of got used to it. I, like it didn't give me a headache. I, in fact, I, I got the book on how to do it. It was it was jarring to me every time I saw it, and I I absolutely hated it. I hated it to the point where I would not go see the movie again. It it was that jarring for me, and I was just like, no, I'm not I'm not doing this again. And and it's a shame because I liked the movie, but I won't. I mean, I won't buy it because I'll never watch it. Because they one of the other things they did stylistically is they did a two frame animation, mm-hmm. where um, usually I guess with uh, animation. Regular film is 24 frames per second. Video is about 29 to, or 30, depending on what you're doing. Yeah. And this, J- Jimmy knows all about this. And animation is about 12, like hand animation is 12 drawings per second. So what they did was they actually doubled the frames. So instead of frame one, so say frame one is a picture and usually frame two is a different picture, but kind of the next thing. Mm-hmm. What they did was they doubled frame one. They doubled frame two. And they doubled frame three. So it made them, the things hold and be a little smoother Mm-hmm. And then they did like a blending thing, so it's called a, a and it's not as easy as one would think because they had a very hard time getting all the animators to do it. Mm-hmm. But it gave it a different feel because they were trying to give it more of a flipbook feel, more of a a non Pixar house style, right? Kind of feel. And I I actually liked it. I that like I said, I did a lot of research on it because I want to learn how to do it myself. I'm, and I'm guessing that at some point some student is going to ask me how to do it. Fair enough. But to me, to me, their choice for style. Ruined the movie. I guess uh, moving on beyond the style, which it's interesting that we're split on that. I love that you didn't, obviously. I hate. I it. did love. I the style. We, we, we know. It was terrible. <laughs> no, stop. We have enough hate to be doling out later on on the Krampus movies. Oh, God. Let, let your hate fester inside of you, sir. Well, I didn't see those, so I'm getting all of my hate out here. Okay. So there was a lot of Easter eggs, a lot of very cool things. Of course, you guys all saw that there was a bunch of different versions of Spider-Man in the... In the trailer, we had Spider-Gwen, we had Peter Porker, the Amazing Spider-Ham. Not sure if you noticed, but when they put his name up on the screen, it was made out of bacon. I did. Which led to my other, the other awkward conversation with my child, who loves bacon. And I said, oh, I thought that was funny that they made the name out of bacon. And he goes, why did they do that? I was like, uh. <laughs> um, oh, God. Uh, <laughs> what a day. I was, just, I was, I was batting a thousand on, on Sunday. So... <laughs> Uh, I thought that was great. I loved that they brought Miles Morales into that universe because he's. A, I like the character. Spider-Man the Noir. The were good. <laughs> yeah, Spider-Man Noir was voiced perfectly by Nicolas Cage. Yep. The, the I don't know her name, but the the girl with the little spider bot, like the kind of anime Spider-Man. All these yeah, did come out of the comics. Yeah, I like Ayumi, but I don't think that was right. Yeah, something like that. All these came out of the comics, various different stories, and it's cool seeing them all together. And... There was, of course, your sad moment in which Stan Lee did show up. He actually showed up a bunch in the movie. I'm not sure if you saw that. Um, he there was a few other. He was in the background of some scenes. Mm-mm. I missed and, it. And like when Spider Man f- 
one of the Spider-Men falls on the ground. Uh, there's a guy walking a dog that steps over him, and that's Stan Lee as well. But of course, after Spider-Man dies and new Spider-Man comes in, he buys a costume just at like a hobby store, like New York Times Square kind of place that's morning Spider-Man, and he buys the costume. And basically, the Stan Lee is the guy selling it to him. And Miles is like, well, I'm not sure if this is going to fit. And the guy behind the counter smiles and says, you know, it always fits eventually. And then the camera pans over to the left and it says no refunds, no returns or refunds ever on like a sign, which is very much, you know, showing that both sides of Stanley, where he was in fact a salesperson, which he got a lot of crit criticism for. And he was also this beloved figure. So I thought it was kind of neat. Uh, and then at the end of the movie, there was a quote from from him uh it says uh that person who helps others simply because it should or must be done and because it is the right thing to do is indeed without a doubt a real superhero which is a quote from some interview he did a long time ago uh what what did you think of the other character designs by the way the like the other spider-man like what you're talking about the other spider-man and the other villains um i i I didn't have any problems with it. In fact, I liked the the designs for the other ones. Um, I definitely liked the character design for the other Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't have a problem with any of the other villains. I really like the Prowler character, the purple yes. bad guy. Yes. Um, because that character was usually just a throwaway in Spider-Man comics where he would kind of start off an issue, but the real problem was kind of behind him, you know, like the beginning of a Simpsons episode or something. Mm -hmm. But they made that character actually seem like a threat. Which I thought was cool, yeah, and made gave me a new love for that character. And that and really it was it was a surprise for me when they revealed the identity. I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. It was a surprise so, that I should have known because I'm gotcha. aware of the character and the, the character's name. Ah, but I didn't think of it because it was. I thought it was well done. Gotcha. So yeah, uh, other than Kingpin, I didn't really have a problem with the character design for any of the other. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of little things. Apparently, in this world. The all the other Spider-Man movies are canon and cartoon shows are canon, which is kind of interesting because they showed clips, animated versions of clips from the original Spider-Man movies, from the Spider-Man cartoon, from the uh, all like Spider-Man three when he's dancing down the street because he's infected by Venom from Spider-Man two where he's being carried away by the people, you know, like things where he's hold, trying to stop the sub from crashing or the yeah the subway from mm -hmm. crashing. Mm -hmm. So I thought it was kind of neat. Uh, I didn't even begin to try to wrap my brain around what that actually means. Having all of those be tr true, I guess it's just different dimensions, but it was neat to see in animated form. Uh, there was Don Donald Glover made a, an appearance. Oscar Isaacs made an appearance, who's Poe Dameron. Donald Glover, of course, from Community and Lando Calrissian, one of them. Childish Gambino. Yep. Chris Pine was in there as he was a voice of uh, one of the Supermen. So that was those were kind of cool little cameos in there. And there was just a ton of other stuff that we, you know, if you want to go see the movie, you'll see all the different things. Do, do animals talk in this world? I don't want to freak him out. <laughs> yep. So you, you tend to do this. You like to do this part. Um, is there an end credit sequence, Rob? For this one, I don't, I don't think there was, was there? There's two. You didn't see them? Yeah. Uh -oh. Well, tell me what they were. Maybe I... one, one was just the quote. But after that, there was uh, Spider-Man 2099. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did see that. So Spider-Man 2099, which was awesome. That's who uh, Oscar Isaacs played. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Wh which is a character that I didn't realize how much I missed until I saw that. 
And then he jumps into the 1963 or 67 or whatever version of yes, the cartoon. Yes, that was fa- <laughs> I can't believe I forgot that. Yes. Don't point at me. Well, you were pointing at me first. <laughs> Where, so he jumps into that version with the very poorly animated mouths and the very poorly animated J. Jonah Jameson. And it looked exactly like that old cartoon. And it had the bad theme song. You know, they referenced just how cheesy some of the past stuff was. Even in the movie, you could see the spider buggy in one point. And I thought all that stuff was great. So I thought it was just a fun movie. Uh, I will be buying it and forcing Rob to watch it until he vomits. On you. That's a terrible thing to wish on somebody like watching a bunch of awful Krampus movies. I thought it would be fun. And now I have to return your Christmas present. That's fine. Box, I don't want a it. Box, a box set of all of the Krampus movies, except except for the one good one. Damn. So I say A+, plus, go, see Spider- go see Spider-Man, Spider-Verse. Rob says go see it if you don't get motion sick. Maybe. Yeah, I, I, I say the movie itself is excellent. Um, it's it's just really hard for me because I, I absolutely hated the stylistic choice that they made for some of the – their their attempt to be stylistic it it ruined the parts that it was in because you spent more time going where are my 3D glasses am I supposed to have 3D glasses it's the most wonderful time of the year no it's not Greg and you've made it horrible for Jimmy you've ruined Christmas for me oh because you kept talking about this movie Krampus Unleashed and so, tell us Jimmy how was Krampus Unleashed he's <laughs> freaking awful. Like I'm, uh, I'm garbage. censoring myself right now. No, please don't. No, I, I will. Um, so Krampus Unleashed. Um, so, so here's what we're going to do here. We are going to talk about a whole bunch of Krampus movies, including the good one. Well, we're going to talk about a bunch of Christmas okay, horror movies, and it's going to get it's going to get muddled. Yeah. The only one you really need. This is going to be a weird thing here. I think. Okay. But uh, the only one you really need to see out there is the one that's just called Krampus. It's Adam Scott. Yep. It was made in 2015. And apparently it opened up this portal to hell in which like eight other Krampus films were spat forth. So that one did just well enough to where we got Krampus, the Christmas devil and Krampus (laughs) Two, the devil returns and Krampus, the reckoning and Krampus unleashed and Krampus Two, the electric boogaloo mother Krampus. Yes. Mother Krampus and Krampus three Krampus harder. (laughs) <laughs> Krampus, the Wrath of Khan. We got uh, Alien vs. Predator vs. Krampus, I think. <laughs> I did see uh, Air Krampus Golden Receiver, which is nice. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> There's a lot of Krampus movies. And what I found funny when I watched them is I don't think any of them were supposed to be Krampus movies. I think they just rebranded them as such when Krampus did well. Yeah. Um, Kramp- also, if you guys are out there playing some sort of drinking game, in which you drink every time one of us says Krampus, you're going to die. <laughs> Rest in peace, my friends. Yeah, you, you, unless you're drinking water, you're you're going to die. So Anyway, go on. Die from that. Um, so what do we got first? Do uh, you want to talk about the good one or, or or what? We can talk a little bit about the good one. We have. Yeah, so and we, we will. We talked about the, the good one in Haunted House form. I did watch the good one again last night because I had to. To get all of the other ones out of my, it's my head. like it's like the the ginger, like when you eat sushi. Yes, the ginger is supposed to like cleanse your palate, mm-hmm. and that's what the movie just Krampus. I think Rob of. initially thought you were talking about something else when you said ginger. I did actually. <laughs> <laughs> Not um, gonna lie, I did. Krampus is 
a, a really fun movie. It's become kind of a, a Christmas staple around here. Um, it's one of those ones that you just watch when the season comes around. It's good. It's funny. It has uh, love. Like it has, there's a sense of love, even though that's kind of the point of the movie is getting the family to come together. It has genuinely scary parts. Yeah. It has, um, angry gingerbread men, giant, pretty snake. good CG. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really good CG. Like a giant snake, like Jack in the box. It's got, you know, the, the house with too many people. It's kind of like a horror movie version of national lampoons. The acting is good. The acting is good. Yes, it is. The filmmaking is good. It is. Yeah. Unlike just about anything else I mentioned (sighs) other than air Krampus golden receiver, which those dogs can really act or as a bulldog, by the way, boogaloo. Yeah. Uh, the, there is a bulldog in Krampus. If you are a dog fan, you might want to skip that. I forget every year. I forget that the bulldog gets eaten. Oh yeah, yeah. Although technically everyone gets eaten in that, and they always yeah. show they show up at the end. So. They come back. It's fine. Yeah. So the bulldogs, I'm sure they're somewhere. So it's good. I'll light a Christmas candle, you know, some sort of scented sugar cookie candle, and I will watch Krampus mm-hmm. every year, and it makes me happy. So I thought, and boy was I wrong, that we should maybe look at some of these other movies. Yeah. Yeah. You, you were, were wrong. You were wrong. Very wrong. So uh, Krampus Unleashed, these are just some things that I, I did notice. Uh, it had no reviews on Rotten Tomatoes and only <laughs> eight and only eight percent of the audience. No, no critic reviews and only eight percent of the actual audience liked it. Yeah. Uh, the director slash writer, Robert Conway, actually has three Krampus films on his resume. Three. Wow. Yeah. And I, I did see something that actually made me laugh. The saddest phrase that I've ever read on instant on internet movie database was Jeffrey Aguiar is an actor known for Krampus unleashed. That was it. Mm. That was his, the only thing under his biography. Wow. And poor guy. Yeah. He was the guy that was, um, spying outside of the window on the girl. And then like, she turned out to be like his girlfriend or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Which was fucking weird. Yeah. Uh, and the entire, for me, the entire movie was boiled down to one phrase and one phrase only. Don't get any reindeer poop on you. And that's uh, all I got. <laughs> so, so tell me, Jimmy, tell, tell us about Krampus Unleashed. Save okay. us. So oh, I'm not going to save you. Um, initial you thoughts. Deserve to be saved. Uh, first things I wrote down while watching this movie was it's a Western question mark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually stopped it to see if I was watching the right movie. Cause it does start out in what looks like a lower budget version of cannibal, the musical. Yeah, well, no, yeah, that's true. If there could be a lower version of that. Um, the second thing I wrote down is this is going to be bad. <laughs> and the third thing I wrote down was good lord, the crickets are loud. The fourth thing was I'm going <clears> to <throat> fucking murder Greg. Yeah, pretty much. So my With synopsis of this movie. Game. Yep, right to the side of the temple. My synopsis. Uh, a band of looters discovers the buried treasure of Eric Klaus in the Arizona desert. Arizona? It turns out to be no treasure at all. It's Krampus's summoning stone. What? What? (laughs) Exactly. And then jump to present day. Two shitty families that no one cares about arrive at the grandparents' home in Arizona. Troy, Greg, you know Troy. Troy is a shitty back-talking kid with no discipline. (laughs) Uh, Who's trying to hook up with his cousin. And it's gross. 
how he's like filming her butt. Yeah, I did. I, I at first thought that maybe I was just, you know, like, okay, I'm just seeing this from a different light. And then I was like, no, he's definitely trying to hook up with this. Cousin. No, it's, it's nasty. Um, and then I wrote this it movie sucks. Best. <laughs> mm, nobody ever said that. Um, go across the street where you can go across the hall. Oh boy. Um, and then I wrote this movie sucks and I hate it. Um, they find the summoning stone in the river while quote panning for gold. Now I hope they all die. The cop is stalking his ex-girlfriend. The kills are the only reason I'm watching this at this point. Wow. It's, uh, it's pretty bad. Um, you should be, uh, the body count on this one is, uh, either 14 or 15. You didn't care enough to go back and find out for sure. No, no, no. I think it was just not nearly enough. No, there's it was a little bit questionable as to like a character dying at the end, mm-hmm. but um, I I did write down the uh, the means of death. Oh God! If you if you guys would be interested in hearing that, go for it. I do. I do want to hear that. Okay, so death number one: disembowelment. Death number two: beheading. The the uh, um beheading the Krampus it clearly has supernatural strength because when he is that the one that was outside of the cabin? Yeah. When he grabs the beheading the the person and beheads said person, he grabs him with the same amount of intensity as you would like tap someone on the shoulder if they were in front of you and like they dropped their credit card or something out of their pocket and you were like, Oh, excuse me. Like Yeah. And it, like touches them like that on the shoulder and the person's head goes like ripping off. Yeah, the like, head was, went flying. Like uh like if you put um Mentos and Diet Coke. Yeah. Is oh. right out there. Um We've got throat extraction, heart removal, dual head smashing, uh, arm ripped off and face slashing, uh, another disembowelment, another beheading, yet another disembowelment, and uh, a car accident, uh, arm ripped off and then head peeled off, <laughs> dynamite, and then big spoiler, uh, and this is followed by three question marks, um, Troy gets his throat bitten out by a baby Krampus? Yeah, I, I believe that was what I saw as well. Like they, and when that the- happened, I was like, I didn't realize the movie was over. No, because he just kept going. He was like, ah, ah. Yeah. He's like holding this little baby doll to his throat, and he's just going, ah, ah. And it was just yeah. like, ugh. Troy was just—he was such a nasty, like, like a teenager wrote his character to be more of a teenager than a teenager mm-hmm. is. It was just oh, with a stupid shirt. Yeah, it was like. Ooh, I'm like uh, allergic to, me, I, to stupid yeah. people or something like that. Yeah. Don't talk to me. I'm allergic to stupid people or something. And he was just gross and he was filming his cousin's butt. A lot of and, stupid people. Yeah. Um, it was just bad. Man. All of them sat down and decided to make a Krampus movie is what I figured out. Uh, but why? I, I, I don't know. So it was very bad. It was on uh, Hulu. Yeah, I watched it. In case you guys want, if you guess you want to go out and then and see that you can you can watch it on Hulu. And so after that one, if you want to, I, I did of course type Krampus into my Amazon Fire thing, which you know searches all of all of yep. the things. So I did watch Mother Krampus. Now, did you guys watch Mother Krampus? Nope, I did not. I saw the picture of it, and I was like, "Holy shit, they made a part two. Yeah, um, but no, I didn't watch it. So this one has a much different tone. So first of all, uh, I I actually went a little bit ahead. I was going to talk about like when you're talking about all the deaths, I probably should have mentioned that one of the keys to making a good horror movie is have characters you actually care about. 
So you actually care if they die because you need to have someone to grasp onto. Like, yeah, even there if was people not... were horrifically flawed, like Haunting of Hill House. Some of the people were there mm-hmm. were flawed or some of the people in Hereditary were flawed. You actually cared about them and you wanted them to survive so they could defeat their flaws. Or there's someone, they're just awesome people or there's like the nerdy who you're like, okay, I want them to survive, get the girl, etc. Uh, in the Krampus Unleashed with no one, I mean, you from not the a first second, person. there was not a single person that I wanted to survive. Uh, in Mother Krampus, this one's a little bit weird because it was not supposed to be a Krampus movie. It was released, I believe, in England or somewhere as the 13 Deaths of Christmas. And it didn't really know what it wanted to be. So I guess over here they re-released it as Mother Krampus. Uh, no reviews on Rotten Tomatoes by critics of 20% audience approval. So it's actually 12% better, which is not saying much. And it is based on the myth of Frau Perchta, which is a witch that comes on the 12 days of Christmas to steal children away at night and slit their okay. throats. It's got a little bit of the witch in there. Got a little bit of that kind of stuff. And she was at the the real story of Frau Perchta or Perchta. I can't pronounce whatever German or whatever words that is. She is actually a spirit that they created to make sure that the children had done all their annual spinning quota, meaning when they were spinning like thread to make clothes and yarn and cotton to make clothes and to make sure that all of the you know five-year-olds using the spinning machines would do it. They basically said, if you don't finish by the end of the year, Frau Perch is going to steal you and slit your throat. Oh, God. So what was funny, though, when I read that, it said something about like it was their annual spinning quota and they actually had to put that it was they're not referring to the cycling exercise referring to actually making children do like manual labor. Wow. Hashtag People orange say, theory. It's yeah. the weirdest things to kids. Yeah. Fairy tales and stuff like that. So Mother Krampus or 13 Deaths of Christmas was a, a lot moodier, a lot darker. It had a little bit of feel of the witch. It basically was this, this entity that either looked very scary and kind of elongated face or like just a old British lady that had just finished cleaning a chimney, depending on mm-hmm. which shot you're looking at. And... Basically, she is stealing and, and killing children. Um, she puts like a bloody mark on their door, like a number, and she does it like one for each day of Christmas or the 13 days of Christmas or 12 days Advent. of Christmas, whatever it is. It did take me a little bit of a while to realize that it was a British film. In fact, when for some reason, the actress reminded me of someone that because she's like, when you first see her, like I totally thought she was supposed to be playing like a meth addict. Mm-hmm. She had a little bit of a weird mouth and she was looking, they tried to make her look frazzled, but it made her look like a drug addict. Hmm. The way she was talking, I thought she was supposed to be like a like a Boston townie. So I was like, okay, that's a little weird. And then I realized it was British about, I don't know, 20 minutes in, which is crazy. Uh, there was some scenes that were kind of like torture porn. And this involves some of the deaths I did because I saw what you wrote on the list. I did take some notes on deaths. There was a death that involved um, using one of those long hooks, like the sewing ones. I think it's a, a, a suture hook, Rob. Is that what it is? It's kind of like a, an, I don't know, like an open L almost to yeah. sew up someone's mouth with that like silver ribbon that they use for packages so like an open l or is it just like a half circle kind of thing yeah kind of a half circle it's kind of big i don't know it's a, whatever you you always see in horror movies where they're sewing someone's lips together like not a regular needle that's like a uh, like a super large like curved needle yeah 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 that's so not yeah, that um they only use that for like really heavy gauge wine and stuff like that. okay so yeah they 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 did that they uh did cut someone apart with a one of those carving knives from like you know that you cut your Christmas turkey with and then fed that to somebody fed the fed the liver or heart or something to somebody there was a heart ripped out uh, of course someone was strangled with Christmas lights and of course um, yeah when they used the electric carving knife the shot they probably didn't have enough money for in the budget for 
that shot to be good. So they, the way they angled the camera, the wife, the woman was very, the evil lady, whatever she is, was very clearly like rubbing the handle of the knife on the person's like stomach. So she clearly has not used one of those before. The evil witch has not used an electric carving knife before. Ah. Which makes sense, I guess. Um, so anyway, the, the other weird part of the movie is like about halfway through, it starts becoming almost like the Freddy Krueger story where all of these people in the town actually accidentally created this evil Krampus lady by hunting down somebody and killing them for killing their, for being a child killer and cursing them, which of course caused her to come back. Turned out she was of course innocent because that's the way things work. And so she comes back and gets revenge on them. There's a lot of other plot points that don't entirely make sense at all. And uh, then there's, of course, your little stinger at the end, which all these movies seem to have, leading us to believe that there might be another one coming up. And I hope to God there is not. Dear That's God, mother. That is. There is. Mother Krampus. Oh, yeah, there is one. There's another one. Yeah. And you know we're going to have to watch that next year now. Fuck. <sighs> okay. Did well, we mention that Spider-Man has a sequel in the works? Oh, we did not, but we probably should. Maybe watch that instead. Uh, there will be a Spider-Man sequel, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse sequel, and as well as a Gwen Stacy-centered one, which we don't think we hmm. a Spider-Gwen-centered one, because there will be two sequels. Undoubtedly yeah. better than the movies we are currently discussing. Yes. So what else What else we got here on our cavalcade of shit? We've got Krampus the Reckoning. <laughs> oh, did you watch that one? I did, man. Oh, I did not, because uh, I just... You saw the picture, though, right? Oh yeah, I saw them all. Uh, I so, put them all in. I put them in my queue to watch. I just didn't get a chance because it, I couldn't sit through any of those movies in one take. It took me each each time. It took me two sittings to get through one movie. Yeah, no, I don't have I don't have many notes about this because it was just that forgettable. But uh, Krampus the Reckoning. So there's a scene in Krampus Unleashed where the family gets together and they sit down um, in the grandparents living room and there's something on the tv you don't really know what it is one of the characters comes up and he says oh what are you guys watching and he goes oh some christmas stuff and it's like a little girl talking to her grandmother about something right they're sitting next to the christmas tree and they're talking about something but that is krampus the reckoning (laughs) on the tv um they both take place in Arizona at around the same time, I guess. Um, one of the hillbilly, like, Sasquatch hunter guys, the one with the, like, facial hair. Okay, yeah. He was in Krampus the Reckoning. Why are they taking place in the fucking desert? I don't know. Because... You want to see snow. Yeah. Oh, sorry. So No, it's fine. Uh, I, I don't have many notes about this because it was just so blah but um i don't know how this has a better score on rotten tomatoes than krampus unleashed but it does mm. um interesting this one has a 12 percent score <laughs> so and it earned every one of those 98 yeah. percent of people that hated it um, or not 98 sorry 88 so the the plot here is uh zoe is a troubled foster child with a more unlikable character than troy for a foster mom <laughs> Um, she's awful. She like locks Zoe in the room, like so she can smoke meth with Troy, probably. 
Well, no, not Troy. She can smoke mess, meth and do lines of coke and drink bottles of wine with Teddy, hmm. who's her husband. Uh, Zoe makes voodoo dolls and has Krampus uh, – she has a little Krampus doll who has little like chains on his hands. And she takes the little chains off his hands to do her bidding. Um, okay. Do me a favor and look – do a Google image search of uh, Krampus the Reckoning and tell me that, that that doesn't look more like Skeletor than it does Krampus. It's oh, yeah. so goofy looking. For some reason, yeah. they decided that they wanted to do a CG version of Krampus, but Ron he's just this like muscle-bound <laughs> – Ron Perlman would have been better. <laughs> the horns go the wrong way. Yeah, they go the wrong way, but so it makes it look like they're pigtails. Yeah. Like, I want to see got, two little bows or those little, whatever those things, those little balls, like the barrette things. Yeah. He's got these, like, goofy teeth. They look like little, like, pigtail braids. Yeah, yeah. exactly. His, yeah, his teeth like, her. <laughs> exactly. Every time he shows up on camera, he's just like, her, 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 I'm the Krampus. I'm going to set you on fire. Because that's what he does. He shows up and he touches people and they melt. And I, I, I wrote down like the body count was five. But oh, that's, that, that's the only tail. way people die. He He looks like somebody contracted someone to model a character. And they modeled the character for the wrong script. And then they were just like, well, shit. Okay, we gave you 50 bucks, so I guess we're going to use it. Yeah, he was supposed to have, like, horns. And like, oh, okay, and they, like, stuck horns on there. He's supposed to have, like, sharp teeth. Yeah, we'll just, we can do that. Yeah. He does. He's going to overbite. He does. You know, but Zoe turns out to be this little awful evil kid. Who's not just a troubled foster child. She's like, she's a dick. Um, she's mean to everyone. And she's like, Oh, I'll use my powers to kill this person for you. Just give me some yarn. And I'm just like, Oh God. I think in watching these movies all by the same writer director, we're well, kind of seeing a little bit into his life. This guy just doesn't like kids or people. No, or, or good movies. Yeah. Or money or anything. Mother Krampus actually had, was decent filmmaking in some it had some production value to it because these didn't it did. um, had some good decent camera angles some some beautiful shots I mean, uh, these were awful relatively speaking mind you i did watch it after i watched these other ones so yeah and and the last thing of note i have to say about these two movies um they are a gallery of bad decisions as far as tattoos uh no effort <laughs> in covering these up um, there's a, there's a, like a child psychologist in, um, Krampus, the reckoning. And she's got like a don't fuck with Texas tattoo on her like forearm, but it's like real. Yeah. It's real. <laughs> like you, you guys could have gone to Walgreens and got like a little like foundation and covered that up. Like I can't take this person seriously as a child psychologist. One guy, the one guy, he's got this like torn American flag on his shoulder and it's like, you're a you're, you're what? You're a, a child nurse with a that's huge collection of child porn, and that's that, why you were getting. Wow. Yeah, no, that's why. Yeah, he. Uh, that's why Krampus kills him. Um, so Krampus is the Punisher in this movie. <laughs> yes. Uh, not. Now, I would actually see that with no. Pro- I would see a like Krampus as the Punisher movie. 
Well, mm, mm, not always rightly so. Uh, not made by these people. No, the the model is really bad. The lighting never matches. Um, it doesn't ever look like it fits in a scene. It's just horrible. So no redeeming qualities about this one mm. at all. Hmm. All right. So, uh, Rob, I believe you watched one as well. I did. Did did you see that one, Greg? I thought you had mentioned something that you might have seen it. I kind of did. It, I got half. I got halfway through. It wasn't good either. <laughs> I I was. That's a shame. I was. I had high hopes for this one. I was kind of excited about it when I saw the trailer for it. Um, but it was it was basically a bunch of shorts. Well, let's hold on for okay. for you people out there that don't know what we're talking about. It is called All the Creatures Were Stirring. Now, this one, I don't believe there's any Krampus. I didn't see the beginning. No. I didn't see the end. I saw the beginning. No. It's called All the Creatures Were Stirring. It is, uh, yeah, now, go ahead. It's it's an anthology, so there's a bunch of different stories in it. But th- it was like it was like somebody scribbled the stories down on a napkin, and they were like, yeah, this is great. Let's We'll figure it out as we go. Let's just go fil- film this shit. And I'm like, what just happened what was the point the, like that first one where they're locked in the room so i i felt the first one i it kind of felt like they just took popular horror movies and mixed it with christmas stuff so the first one was basically saw in a secret santa party like all yeah. the packages were like booby trapped kind of and like they were all stuck in this room and you know there was all of a sudden people started killing each other and stuff yeah and they <laughs> The thing that made me go, what the f-? they they because they figured that that the Christmas presents were all booby trapped, so they didn't want to get hit with any like uh, uh, fallout or whatever from opening the packages. So they set up this chair where you had to go open the packages, and it was approximately the, three feet away from where all the other packages were and where all the other people were. Right, but it was also right under the vent, and there was a lady who opened up a package under the vent, and then some poison gas came through the vent. And she died like almost immediately and they tried to go save her and they couldn't save her and then promptly turn to the next guy and say, all right, it's your turn. Go open a package. And they're like, and then they're like, no, you have to go over to the chair. And I'm like, the chair's underneath the fucking gas vent. What, what do you mean I have to go to the chair? That's, that's stupid. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah. Like all this, these movies are set around this one, like this couple or these two people that are like on a date because they had nothing else to do on christmas and the the dude he looked like this like any beleaguered boyfriend from like a doctor who episode mm-hmm. this is like completely nondescript guy and they were in this like theater and like the people were so randomly spaced in the theater in the crowd it just looked like it looked too much like it was set up and then the people and it wasn't like even a movie theater it was like a like a black box live performance thing and they were yeah. doing like weird improv yeah, it was all improv, and it was all terrible. <laughs> Just yeah. terrible. And what's funny is the like the people in the crowd were actually laughing uncomfortably at it, like ex- which was the most realistic thing in the whole movie. As I would do the same thing, where like every time one of these little things were over, they they were like laughing, and the guy was like kind of trying to still still impress the girl, but he was like, "Yeah, I don't know what was that supposed to be." And <laughs> no, I, I didn't and I'm still unsure as to what the 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 creepy smiling guy was. That uh, would come out and change the name of like what the next showing was going to be. No, the guy that was sitting in the audience that kept staring at the girl. Oh, I didn't even know. I didn't get that far. I don't think. Oh, so I saw that one. And I saw the second one, which was uh, the little story was uh, 
first one was the stockings were hung, which of course didn't mean anything to the the movie. Um, and then the second one I think was called Dash Away All, which mm-hmm. was a couple of girls in a in a van that apparently had some sort of creature in it. Mm-hmm. That was that was probably the better of of the of the stories, but even that one, I mean. That one was like a five minute short and there really wasn't a whole lot to it. Uh, it wasn't bad. It just was, it was non memorable. Like it was two girls. Yeah. You kind of were waiting for one of, for something weird to happen. Either like the guy is not the family man that he was perceived as, or the, or was going to be a turnaround where the girls were going to capture him and torture him for Christmas or someone right. else is going to show up or whatever. But it turned like, out where that are they we had going been, with this. And it turned out they had a cursed monster in the back of their van, which was a pretty sweet, like 80s fan with all like the weird like bumps and windows and stuff on it it totally needed like an airbrush dragon fighting a wizard on the side it did but riding a unicorn uh, yeah totally but that was about the extent of that one and what were the other ones because i did not had a chance to watch them there was there was another one where it was kind of like a uh uh not a yeah a scrooge kind of thing where okay. a guy like hates christmas and he ends up getting killed and so basically us after except for the getting killed part we all hate christmas now that we've watched all these movies and but then he wakes up and he realizes that he's still got time and i'm like what is this crap all right um then there was one where i think i blacked some of them out (laughs) because i'm like oh my god this is because if not you would have murdered me (laughs) this is absolutely terrible i don't yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to look them up, to see if I can figure out. Um, there was so, one so where. How, how did they? T- oh, well, no, no. There, there was there was there was one where there was a guy who was trying to chain himself up. Um, he looks out the window and sees that it's like a full moon or something, and he's trying to you know, and you, you get the impression that he's like a werewolf or something, and then his friends show up, mm-hmm. and. And they're like, you know, we know that you wanted to spend Christmas together, but we're all orphans and we're going to spend Christmas together. You know, we'll have dinner or whatever. And then him and one of the girls who came over get abducted by aliens, I guess. And forced forced to sit down and have (laughs) Christmas dinner with the aliens because the aliens want to experience Christmas dinner or some shit. And then... then, and then they have Christmas dinner and the girl shows them some spunk and they're like, and they're like, yeah, that was good. Thanks for the dinner. And then they go away. I'm like, what What the fuck am I watching? Does the guy not turn into a werewolf? No, there's no werewolf. Oh. <laughs> that, 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 I was like, what? Why was he chaining himself up? I don't, I, I don't under, understand what just happened. This is effing weird. Uh, yeah. Was his name Ethan Chandler? Who's that? The werewolf from Penny Dreadful, man. No, his name was not Ethan Chandler. The only actor in this entire series and all of these movies that I recognized was Constance Wu from Richmond, Virginia, starring in Crazy Rich Asians. That was it. Was she all the right. one in the Alien Christmas movie? Or the Christmas skit? I just looked up the names. I didn't even... I'm assuming that was... Um, she's also in Fresh Off the Boat. I'm not sure which one she who she was. But she is top billing, so... She was Gabby. Yeah, she was it. That was the alien one. She uh, was the chick that got invited to alien dinner. Yeah, see, now I actually have to finish these. Alien Christmas dinner. So, well, that was our, I, I think that was it, right? Or did, I, God forbid, I 
make you guys watch these things and then we don't talk about all of them. Jimmy, did that cover all of your uh, Krampusing? All of my Krampusing, yes. Oh, did you watch others? I did. Oh, well, let's 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 do this right. All right. Well, I'll I'll cover them briefly. Um, let's see. What did I watch? Uh, I watched Red Christmas. I've wanted to uh, see that for a while. It it's got D Wallace in it. And D Wallace, if you remember, you'll you'll know her as soon as you Google her. She was in uh she was the mom in E.T. Hmm. She was the mom in Cujo. Right. Um she was also in Critters and The Hills Have Eyes, etc. Uh now this is a weird one. Um family gathering at the the house, of course. She's the matriarch. And um I, I did a search. There are currently no cats that look like D. Wallace, in case we're wondering. Okay. All right. Good to know. Yeah. Um, it takes place 20 years after the bombing at an abortion clinic. And uh, you quickly find out that a uh, survivor of said abortion or an abortion that took place there um, is out seeking his mother who is d wallace now she's she so this is has a fun family film did you watch this on the hallmark on the hallmark network yes i did uh, it's on the oprah network actually ah. um oxygen yeah oxygen but uh the the stranger he's cloaked uh won't reveal his face or anything um he's he, uh, traveling towards the family and ends up uh, finding uh, – coming across a, a guy. It's an Australian film. And he, he comes across a guy at like this little camp. And he's like, oh, you're so weird and blah, blah, blah. And uh, the stranger ends up knocking down – or this, this guy ends up knocking down the cloaked stranger and pees on him um, to where the cloaked stranger pulls off his penis and um, then st- – sticks his head in a uh like a buzzsaw. Hmm. What? Um so this cloaked stranger we find out eventually is Cletus. He is the um I I guess failed abortion. <laughs> Which is a that would be a horrible insult for a general person. <laughs> if you ever see someone yeah. that you're that's a complete screw up and that's probably not what you should call them. So he shows up and they're like, Oh you're so weird, get out of here. How dare you bring this up and um, it, it turns out the reason why she tried to have Cletus aborted is because Cletus had Down syndrome and she's already got one son with Down syndrome, uh, by the name of Jerry, who's the best character in the whole movie. And, uh, there's <laughs> ways of death. I've got, uh, a removal of genitals and head placed on a table saw, uh, chopped in half with an axe, axe to the head, strangulation by cord, bear trap to the head. Blender to the back of the head, shotgun to the chest, umbrella through the head, uh, stabbed through bear costume, and dual hanging at the end. That's how I want so, to go. Yeah, stabbed it's, through uh, a bear costume. Yeah. Uh, the best one was the umbrella through the side of the head because as the uh, victim fell, the umbrella opened and uh, exploded brain matter all over the place. Um Jerry and Cletus end up at the end uh, together, and it's a fun family film that you should watch with all your relatives. Uh, Especially the very religious ones. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Weird, weird movie. Um, I watched one more called Rare Exports. It was uh, 
the grave of the true Santa Claus was found underneath a mountain. And that Santa actually more closely resembled Krampus. He had uh, helpers working for him who were just a bunch of naked old men mm. um, that kind of look like Santa Claus. I really am starting to understand why you hate me. Uh, yeah, I, I do because you got me on this like loop. You know, you got me on this thing where I was just watching all these movies together. And there's there was like 200 naked old men running around and they like at the end of the movie they herded them up and the whole like tipping point of this movie was that this uh finnish you know uh, these, these group of finnish people um their entire um like reindeer collection for that year was murdered um so what they did at the end of it they rounded up all these naked old men. They blew up Krampus with dynamite and they rounded up all these naked old dudes. And they were like, Oh, how much does one of these sell for? They were like $85,000, which was the amount that they lost for their reindeer slaughter. And then they sold them into Santa slavery. Like they trained them all to be Santa Clauses and then sold them for $85,000 each. Wow. This is weird. Like, why? Like, Greg, like, why? I thought Why'd it, you do this? I thought it would be fun. Mm-mm. It wasn't. <laughs> uh-uh. Uh-uh. But guess what we're going to have to do again next year? Because I have a feeling that people like our pain. Mm. So what, if people also want to watch these movies for whatever the hell reason, where, where is Rare Exports? And- uh, Rare Exports is on Amazon Prime. Uh, Red um, Christmas? Red Netflix. Okay. So Krampus the I, Reckoning. I, that was on Prime, as was Krampus Unleashed for me. And you said you watched it on Hulu. Yeah, it was on Hulu. Uh, um, check them out. I mean, Air Krampus you, Golden Receiver was Disney streaming. Alien <laughs> vs Predator vs Krampus was in my head. Krampus yeah. the Wrath of Khan also in my head. <laughs> yep. Yeah. If if you hate yourself and or or if you hate your family. You know, and and you can't stand being around them. You know, hit play and say, "Hey guys, enjoy this family film." Um, I'm gonna go work on the Christmas turkey, as you called it earlier. So, oh, and uh, the other movie, uh, all the creatures were stirring. That's on uh, Shutter. It's actually the first thing that shows up on Shutter. Uh, or you could possibly buy it from Rob, as I'm pretty sure he'll be more than happy to sell it to you at cost. Yeah, for eighty five thousand dollars. Yeah, he'll autograph it for you. Don't watch any of these movies. Yeah. I mean, do. That's fine, but don't. And if you know of any other terrible Christmas movies, please let us know, and you t- you can torture us next year. But it has to be Christmas horror-related. And I'm going to stab you with a uh, candy cane shank. Strangle me with some garland. So let's talk about some good stuff now. Our qu- question of the week brings us to your top five TV Christmas specials that were uh, not based on a series. So these can't be um, things that came out in the theaters, you know, your Krampus or, or whatnot. These are things that in a, in a bygone past used to be a huge deal. Um, Made for television. Yep. There could be sequels and stuff, but it wasn't, you know, like an episode of Cheers or something. Yeah. Exactly. So these were like one-off specials that came out uh, around the holidays. And uh, as it is my lot in life, I'll go ahead and set the set the bar and go ahead with my top five. Do it. 
All right. So my number five is the Claymation Christmas Celebration from 1987. I did not see that one. Yeah, I did. I, I absolutely remember it. It had the, the raisins from the, you know, uh, herd. Oh. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. You remember now? I do. Yeah. And the little dragon dinosaur guys. Mm-hmm. I had like all those raisin toys. Um, I, I was three when that came out and it, it was just a, a blast. Uh, number four, Merry Christmas, Charlie Brown from 1965. Mm-hmm. Number three is How the Grinch Stole Christmas, 1966. We're seeing a pattern here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to talk about that in a moment too. That's fine. I, I, I will allow you that. Uh, my number two, of course, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. 1964. The 60s were a good year for these specials. And number one, because it holds such a special place in my heart and made me so super sad every time I saw it, Frosty the Snowman from 1969. Nice. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to go real quick here, I think. Uh, and my only modern one is Merry Shrekmas, which is a little Christmas tale with Shrek and all of the, the forest creatures or the fairy tale creatures. Okay. Honestly, that one is in there. It's a it's a good heartwarming story, which all these things tend to be. But there is a scene involving Puss in Boots where he is fascinated by a little bell or ornament on the end of his hat, and his eyes get all big, and he starts swatting at it in the middle of a story, oh, and yeah. rolling around on his back, and it never fails to make me laugh. So that one was able to sneak into the list just have on the you, power of that shot. Have you ever seen Will Ferrell's SNL audition? No. Okay, he did a little thing with a ball of yarn where he was a cat, and it's really funny. Okay, I will have to try. I will track that down. Okay. Did the cat look like Ron Perlman? Or did it look like Will Ferrell in this case? Uh, he was the cat. So the cat looked like Will Ferrell because Will Ferrell was the cat. There you go. Uh, number four is Frosty from 1969. Already talked about that. Number three is Rudolph from 1964. I love the little Rudolph guy. Uh, number two, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. A little bit of a darker side story that's been told a million times as we discussed a couple weeks ago. And what's interesting is you said Merry Christmas, Charlie Brown. I said Charlie Brown Christmas, but we both said 1965. What is interesting, if you look up Merry Christmas, Charlie Brown, you or if you look up how uh, Charlie Brown Christmas, it does show up as Charlie Brown Christmas. But if you look at the opening title card, it says Merry Christmas, Charlie Brown. So it's kind of like yeah. you've got both of those names. But I'm, I was really wondering, and this is a little bit of an aside. Maybe we should let Rob do his list, and then I'm guessing a lot of these will cross over. And I, and I want to talk about like why the '60s might have been such a huge reason for all of, or a huge year set of years for uh, all of these Christmas things. Okay, all right. It, it, a lot of it was the ranking and bass, wasn't it? It was a lot was ranking and bass. Yes, but there's some other little things that I think that I happened upon not meaning to. But anyway, go on. Go. Okay. Um, well, I'll, it, I, yeah, our, our lists overlap quite a bit, actually. I've got two that I don't think either one of you had, but, um, my number five is going to be year without a Santa Claus. Um, largely because that gave us, that introduced us to heat miser and snow miser and gave us those, those great snow, those great songs. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. I'm, yeah. You, you the, remember that one? The little like, yep. And I remember, and like, even if you don't remember that episode or those there, that, that little show you know what they look like those little like yeah gremlin-y looking guys um then number four i'm gonna go with santa claus is coming to town and that's kind of like the um the origin story for santa if you will um at number three i put frosty frosty the snowman 
And my number two and number one were kind of a toss-up. Because um, to me, when I think about Christmas TV, TV specials, I I think of both of these. So, I mean, they're 1A, one, one 1B. One it's Rudolph and How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Yep. Technically, I had Rudolph at number two and Grinch at number one, but they're interchangeable for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, when I was writing these, I mean, I knew they were all around the same time period. I didn't know if they overlapped or anything like that, but I thought it was interesting. And I think that one of the reasons why some of this stuff started happening around this time is this this is when and I'm not being, I don't know, I'm not complaining about this. This is when Christmas started really being commercialized. So, you know, in the 40s, World War II came to an end. And then the 50s was like this boom period where like a lot of stuff was starting to be mass produced because they figured out how to do it because of World War II. And what's the reason why I kind of happened upon some of this was I'm actually reading this book about heavy metal and they were talking about like how England was really far behind America after World War II and anything that happened here, commercialization and uh, stylistically happened several years later in England because it was so like the war was actually fought there. So everything was destroyed. And I think that based on what I saw and I kind of did a little bit of research, like, you know, things started getting really commercial and they realized that Christmas is going to be a big deal money wise. So we need to find ways to advertise. So of course that's when a lot of the, a lot of the toys that our parents look back at playing at and a lot of the stuff that, that we see versions of today, like the, like the uh, Play-Doh factory came out around there and just a bunch of other toys. I was looking at some, past commercials and stuff they needed a way to advertise all these things and they put these shows on right around the same time as all of these baby boomer kids were hitting the age of where they would be wanting toys and they could advertise on these specials so every year a new special a new special a new special and they were good and i think that in some ways you know our parents watched them and then it became their tradition so you know we watched them and then our kids now watch them and you know, there's many generations in between. So it's kind of an interesting period. Cause some of them were like, I was kind of wondering like if they were on different channels back then. And I know the Rankin and Bass ones were the ones that look like stop motion, right? Yeah. Like the claymation. Yeah. And then of course the animation ones. And a lot of these got really big name actors and actresses that were from the, in some cases, the talkie era, like the pre talkie era. And they got like Fred Astaire and Boris Karloff and all these people. So they had big names behind it, and that's why they're like they're still every year they're still beloved. Unless you're like the seven people that are offended that Rudolph is slave labor or something. Yeah. So I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. I would actually find it very interesting if someone were to write a book about that kind of stuff. Like I love that kind of like why things become popular and why things like hold on to to stuff. Do you know if if and this might be a weird question, but if any of those were ever like sponsored by Coca Cola, like. You know, or I'll bet they were. Yeah, let's see. We're old, Chris, because I mean, Coca Cola basically gave us Santa Claus. Yeah, yeah, and we watch these, you know, specials now, kind of as movies, but we never knew what their like marketing marketing was leading up to it. So, yeah, it's gonna be a little hard to see, but I'd be yeah. willing to bet that some of that stuff was where they do like the little like semi commercial that's kind of almost part of the thing. When Santa's not delivering presents, he loves X-Lax. Rum. <laughs> <laughs> Rudolph, your nose isn't bright. You you need some Marlboro cigarettes. Yeah. I don't know. So I think that's uh, that's kind Merry of an interesting Christmas thing. Christmas from Mylanta. <laughs> so I, I think uh, that, that closes us out. 
I do believe it does. And I still believe. Still believe. So uh, give them our, our rest of the year schedule here. Speaking of, he's got a concert. He's he's doing a Lost Boys themed concert, Mr. Tim Capello, somewhere in New York. Yeah, I'm I was actually thinking about that earlier. Uh, Timmy, if you're listening, I, I hope it goes very well. And I uh, I hope you bring that on the road to us uh, as a friend of the podcast and a friend of ours. Uh, best of luck, man. Um so, yeah, uh, for the rest of the year, uh, we are going to be discussing our favorite things from 2018. So that's best in, uh, you know, our picks for best movies, TV shows, video games, and all of that good stuff we will be discussing next week. So stay tuned. Well, that's in three weeks. Two weeks. In two weeks. Three yeah. weeks. Two weeks. That'll be in two weeks. In one week, and we've got Aquaman, most likely. We'll have uh, to find yeah. a way to talk about that. <laughs> Say that again, Rob. Aquaman. Hopefully like it doesn't that. suck. And Bumblebee, I, I believe, we'll will see. also. Yeah. So for myself, Jimmy, and uh, Greg, who I hate very much. He's Krampus. Merry, Merry Rob, Christmas, people. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Don't review, even. Review our show. Buy a t-shirt. But before you watch any of those shitty Krampus movies. Yeah. Yeah. Don't forget to uh, subscribe, review, rate us. We really appreciate it. And uh, we wish you guys a, a very Merry Christmas out there in, uh, in Radio Land. I got a lot of problems with you people. 